Take seven. And we're live in five, four, three, two, one. Oh, Lance Strickland. Oh my gosh. Remind me never to be a movie star. I don't want to be doing these uh, takes all the time. By the way, real quick story when I yeah. was out in LA traveling, speaking of movie stars, and this is when I realized that I did not want to be famous, um, was out there traveling for work and I'd never been to LA. And so we were driving to, you know, a few of us were driving to eat and saw, you know, of course, you know, thinking, you know, L.A. is where everybody goes to become a star. And so I was seeing like a, there was this big setup on a side street. And I was like, and it was right down the street from my hotel. So I was like, when we get back to the hotel, I'm just going to walk down there a few blocks and see what's going on. And so, you know, they were filming a movie and they had the whole thing blocked off, but you could kind of walk up. And so I was sitting, I was standing right behind where like they were all sitting in their director's chairs when they had like six or seven eight, you know, little TVs and stuff. And so I yeah. asked some guy, I said, what are they filming? And he said, uh, I think it was called Invasion or something. And it was Nicole Kidman. And she oh. was out there filming right on the, yeah. But they, and, but what I saw was, is they were filming one scene. They had that little street blocked off from 10 PM to 6 AM. And there was probably 150, like kind of zombie looking people, you know, that would walk up to the car and kind of pounce on it. Yeah. And, um, they they shot this scene like three or four times and it and it of course it took like an hour for them to reset the scene every time and i thought man i would never want to i mean you just don't realize how many times these takes that they have to do on these movies and it just gets it'd be so boring yeah it's not all that it's cracked up to be and i am not you know i've not acted in any kind of movie or anything but i have done several commercials i don't know if you know this lance i actually did a national commercial, two of them, one for sunglasses, another one I did for Anderson Erickson uh, oh, Dairy. Wow. Okay. So, so it, it took, they filmed it up at a, a mansion up in North Kansas City, like Briarcliff area. Uh-huh. There was this huge mansion, and we filmed all day long one scene. Over and over and over. And what it was is I was a groom and I had a bride and we were, it was our wedding day. And uh-huh. rather than feeding each other cake, we were feeding each other uh, French dip on a chip. <laughs> and so at my feet was a huge five gallon uh, trash can or five gallon yeah. uh, paint yeah, can. bucket. Yeah. So every time she fed me and they would say, cut, I spit it out. Oh, my God. How many times did you have to take? A hundred times. Oh I mean, maybe goodness. not a hundred, but it felt yeah. like a hundred. Yeah. I mean, I, I love French dip. But after that, I, it, I yeah. really haven't had it since. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so. Well, putting yeah. that putting that voice and good looks to work for you all these years. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So today I'm I'm really stoked that our topic is kind of what the the slogan or not slogan but kind of the tagline of this particular podcast which is escaping religion and finding faith. Um kind of our well you you know you're the co-host now and you and I have a similar journey but my journey of my life was religion. I mean, I was an evangelical pastor oh, for 30 years. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that was our identity, right? Oh my gosh. It was everything. And I didn't think there would ever come a time where that would change. Right. It, sure, it, sure. It's, it's been fascinating to 
to have evolved in my beliefs and feel more peace and more contentment and more connected as a result of, of allowing myself to, in my opinion, to be constricted with this is what you need to believe because this is the truth about stuff that no one knows that is actually if it's true or not. <laughs> right. You know, right. I mean, it's like right. my whole belief system was was taught to me as this is fact. Yep. When that's a fact is something that's provable, like something that's, you know, yeah. like it, it's it, fact. Those were fa- it, those were faith facts. They were talking right. about, weren't they? Yes. <laughs> they were facts and, you had to take on faith. And that is part of what we're going to talk about today. You know, the difference between faith and religion and spirituality and how all those are integrated. And, and is religion even necessary anymore? Yeah. And, and to what degree and what level? And yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, I, one of the quotes that's always resonated with me, and I, I think C.S. Lewis, the one that said it, and um, it may not be exactly uh, the way he said it, but it said something to the ends of an obligation to feel can freeze feelings. And it seems like that's kind of what you're, what you're describing a little bit in, in religion, right. Is a, you know, a, a set of standards or a set of behavioral standards and values that, you know, this group um, espouses to, and it, it becomes almost a, place where you feel like you're obligated to feel those things and if you challenge them in any way you obviously know you know that that you do that at your own peril you probably might be ostracized from the group depending on the the level of you know countering that you're willing to do but I I agree same thing for me I think I'm excited about it because I think for I'm I'm in a place in my faith journey where I'm okay maybe understanding or I'm wanting to understand what was the functional value of church, religion, um, some of those things, as opposed to maybe this obligatory, you know, or obligatory, however you say it, um, you know, way of saying like, because of this is God, therefore you, 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 you shouldn't question these things, but I think people almost think more (laughs) like if it's a utilitarian, if like it's, if it's, if it's has a, you know, is it even fair, I think, maybe in people's minds to think about religion from a functional sense or a utilitarian um, perspective? You know, how, what value does this provide to me in my day to day life, as opposed to this is just should be your allegiance to God because he is holy? Yeah. Jeez, this is going to be a good one, Lance, because I, my, I know when I have a lot of thoughts about something that I have uh-huh. all at once and I can't quite <laughs> like there's so many thoughts. So literally that one little two second thing that you said, I had all the places in my brain firing because you said very first thing that fired in my brain was you talked about the, the value of these. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't really taught and I'm not saying this is a reflection on like my church or my, my parents. I'm just saying what I was taught just in society at, in the Christian world, that the value was heaven, Lance, that's the value. Yeah. You yeah. don't go to hell. You go to heaven. That's yeah. the, that's value, you know. Yeah. And it's not by works, Lance. You can't do anything to deserve heaven. And the only thing that you can do to not go to hell, because that's what you deserve, is to accept Jesus. But you can fucking sin and you can do shit 
you, as long as you ask for forgiveness, then you're still good. It's it's like that's the that's I almost visualize like there's a thread between me and God or me and heaven. And when I sin, I cut that thread. And then when I repent, Jesus comes and fixes it, you know, and, and repairs <laughs> right. it. And then I cut it and he repairs it. I cut it. He repairs it. And, you right. know, because I remember when I was younger, there was a phase of really, I mean, I remember the sermon that, you know, basically come to the altar and search through your entire fucking life and mm-hmm. find every sin that you forgot to repent of and repent because you don't want that shit to keep you out of heaven. And I'll tell you, when you talk about the value that there is no value, I think there's a, is it, is the word disvalue? <laughs> like it's, it's not, it's worse. It's toxic. It's unhealthy. It's not helpful. I don't think to, to live yeah, that way. It, it's interesting you say that. I, I mean, I'll challenge that a little bit. I think, I think it has to have some value. I'm interested to, for us to kind of explore what is the value because it, it is obviously you and I see a value still in having a spiritual life. And we both think faith is important. And I think if someone said, tell me some things that are important to you, I think that we would say one of the things would be our faith. Now that might be different than, than 10 years ago when, you know, we were more um, in line with those types of things, but but I do think that there is some sort of value there, um, and I know we're going to explore that a little bit. One of the things that you said, though, that I'm interested in your perspective on is someone said to me, you know, fear is a tactic to get people to stop doing something, huh. where hope is a tactic to motivate the, the change. You know, yeah. So if you want someone to stop doing something, then put a little bit of fear in them. If you want to let them kind of move on their own and, you know, put, uh, give them hope. And, you know, you said the, the goal of, you know, Christianity in a lot of ways is heaven. But it's interesting how faith in and of itself, even within the evangelical world, has evolved, right? Because if you were back in the 50s and the 60s, you had this hellfire and brimstone type of preaching, which was very much, or, or Jonathan Edwards, right, with this yeah. uh, sinners in the hands of the angry God, you know, dangling you as a spider over the pits of hell and could drop you at any moment. You know, those are all based on fear. And then you you move more to today's age, you know, where you go to preaching and you're not going to get the hellfire and brimstone. You're going to get a much more positive message and much more one that maybe lines up with, you know, there's of hope and wants to motivate you to get there as opposed to get you there through your fear. What are your thoughts? on? Oh, that? yeah. Well, I think that's the popularity of Joel Osteen. I, I think, mm. you know, he's he and he's here's what's crazy is for, for most of the world, uh, Joel Osteen. For, well, for many, obviously, clearly, right? He's, he's pretty famous. People love him. And and I can't tell you how many people I know that, that love him, but uh, right. I can't tell you how and many. And very little theology in those messages. 100%, right. And, and, and just to your point, I know a ton of people who despise him. He has watered right. down the gospel. He is you know, this and that and the other. And that's from the religious crowd. You know, the Bible thumpers right. that that think he's, you know, not he's watering down the Bible. He he's doing it a disservice. He's I mean, oh my gosh. You know. Right. Yeah, it's just right. crazy. But you meet everyday people that aren't churchgoers and you say Joe Lostein, they're like, Oh yeah, he's such a positive guy. We like him. <laughs> 
And it's like, whoa. Now there are people that, you know, are, are don't like him and they're not religious because they don't like him because, you know, he's a famous TV preacher and the money and the, you know, they have a right. they have a concept of of who and what they think. But those are the kind of people that, you know, any business owner that starts something and makes money, they have a problem with. You know, that's just those sure. kinds of people, yeah. you know. Yeah, that, that are like that. So who gives a shit? I mean, who, I, you know, his Joel Osteen, I mean, just a little side note, he doesn't even get a salary from the church, you know, and oh, that never right. gets talked about because he makes so much money off his books and other things right. that he's a volunteer. Surprise me. Yeah. You know, people don't know what, that. What do you think? What do you think? I, I'm always curious about this because you and I've kind of talked about, you know, how a lot, it's interesting to me a little bit of I don't know if cognitive distant, dissonance is the right word here, but it's always surprised to me how much we as evangelical Christians believe in a system or a way of thinking about our faith that's completely contrary to the way that we think about other things in life. I mean, there's you know if it's a diet, for example, you you look for the science that's behind it. You you don't just take it on faith, and so. If there's, you know, in, in the today's workforce, right, or in the in the world today, right, data is, you know, the new oil out there, they always say, right? right. So it's like because data provides all this, you know, information on the background. It's provable, right? It, it allows you to see something that you can verify. But when it comes to our faith, uh, because of faith, um, you know, a lot of that is thrown out the window. And so that part is always a little bit of cognitive distance has been interesting to me because – I've always been curious. I wonder how that is. I mean, I understand that in a lot of ways, some of these virtues or things about our faith have been passed down to us through our parents. And so you automatically kind of take them as truth because they've been passed down to you and other things. But there's so much about the faith that we're willing to believe in and die on the hill for when, in fact, it's not this it, it, it wouldn't line up or, or cut the it wouldn't you know, it wouldn't uh, cut the mustard, as they would say in any other area of our life. Yeah. So why do you, why do you think, why do you think that is? Why are we willing to accept such things? And, and then I think to, and then to follow up, what do you think we get the majority of our understanding about faith, right? Out of scripture. Right. What if we didn't have scripture? And when I start to think about it, and I think I brought this up when we first started talking about it uh, in our first podcast, right? In my own journey, if God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, then, and the majority of our understanding of God is comes out of scripture we didn't even have scripture long before man was already developed and evolved way down the path so is there a lot of maybe the way that the, the gospel writers understood god is not necessarily the way that he truly is and we are a little bit off kilter in our own understanding because the majority of our understanding of god comes from the scriptures okay case in point lance it's the story of the of the grandma that's cutting the end off of the ham to put it in the pot. And yeah. so then the daughter starts doing it. And then the daughter's child asks the mom, why do you, why do we cut that? Like there's some deep reason. And then she's like, uh -huh. you know, I don't know. It's what grandma did. So she asked grandma and grandma said, well, yeah, I only had one small pan. I had to cut it. Like, like there right. wasn't some right. divine right. reason or some, like purpose in it, it was a, a purpose of function, you know, like I yeah. had to cut that. So that, to my point, I think that religion was to function 
you know, how else are we going to get everyone on the same page and how are we going to get everyone to have a quote unquote conscience or, and I, and I think this right. is just a small part of it, but it's, Hey, I, here's, here's the way we want to live. And just so you know, there's a guy up in the sky who's mm-hmm. watching your every move. And if you right. do good, you get good rewards. If you do bad, uh, here's what can happen. I mean, Right. Again, I, I think that's kind of the function, like much like the ham. I think it there's a function to it. And and to your point, the the reality is, you know, I don't believe the Bible is is the word of God. I believe it's the word of man, uh, not just about God, but just simply their perspective of God. Sure. I mean, even in the Old Testament, when you see that, quote unquote, it says, you know, God opened up the earth and swallowed men, women and children and cattle and. And it was like a punishment. It's like, no, guys, that's what you fucking call an earthquake. Like that, that, that wasn't that wasn't God swallowing and right. punishing people just like uh, not right. too long ago. I don't know when this was, but that lightning was attributed to God striking. And, mm. and now we know, no, that right. through science, right. we know that's not what's going right. on. Right. Right. And that, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying. Right. It's like if you and I were talking and, and I'm like, you know, you, you should have been there. You know, it was like the earth just opened up and swallowed up the, you know, the, the entire lot of cattle. You would have, you know, you would have been thinking, how does this fit with what I already know about science? Ah, he, I.e., he must be telling me about an earthquake. But for whatever reason, right, in our in our spiritual minds, we want to theologize everything or spiritualize everything. And so. We end up making this a more literal interpretation, and that's always just baffled me that, again, it's, it's like we're running on different rules or a different cognitive framework when we look at things in Scripture than we do in our normal day in, in, in life. Oh, absolutely. I ran into that. Now, maybe this is a little bit more specific to the evangelical uh, branch or specifically the, the Pentecostal branch everything god's teaching you a lesson uh the god mm-hmm. must have wanted them in heaven as an extra choir member or god allowed that because of this or god's trying to teach that i mean you know, even so much as people get in car accidents wind up in the hospital and the nurse they end up falling in love and then see mm-hmm. everything happens see there lance see god brought us yep. together god yep and it's yeah, and yep. I got, yeah, I, I find that stuff just humorous because if if that's true, that, you know, everything, God's doing everything, one, that's a busy fucking job. Like, I mean, <laughs> you are busy meddling in people's lives and, you know, crashing cars and doing this. And, 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 and so many times, especially, you know, again, as an evangelical pastor for 30 years, you know, I dealt with people that, you know, faced tragedy and, and, you know, I didn't have answers, but you know, as an evangelical pastor, I felt obligated to have something to say, to try to help comfort. And I tried hard, even, even when I believed stuff that I don't believe now, I tried to offer something to comfort people without 
blatantly just saying something that that I knew was just BS. Right. You know. Yeah. If you would have explained it away from naturalistic causes that this was just a chance encounter, that would you knew enough that that would not give them the value that they needed in that. They needed to know that this was. Uh, you know, some some supernatural being outside of the the natural world that we live in that orchestrated this car crash, yeah. so that the you know the nurse and this person could fall in love, right? right. I mean, had you have tried to discount it any other way, you know, you 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 wouldn't have been uh, you wouldn't have been seen as a trustworthy source there, right? Of, you know, interpretation. Well, because yeah, exactly, I would have taken God out of it. And, exactly, and and so I think that's part the, partly what is wrong with religion is is putting god into everything because th- that just get i mean it's, it's it, it falls apart you know when you talk about a something that uh what do they call that like an illustration or they say they try to explain one thing by Met- giving you a simple yeah uh, like a simile or metaphor yeah or something. and and it just yeah. falls apart because right, right so if god's doing that then of course god orchestrated hitler God orchestrated 9-11. God, I mean, right. you can't pick right. and choose uh, with that stuff, but it also doesn't seem to offer comfort to people when you, especially religious people, that, that are needing to know that God is in it. Uh, right. To say, yeah, I mean, it's just random chance. I mean, he was texting so, and looked down off the road, and that's what drove right. him off into the lake. I mean, that. that I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> so here's an interesting thought. I, I don't know where this will go, but but it's been something that I found interesting. And that is, you know, you and I grew up in a world and everybody that grows up in the Western or the United States, at least. Right. We have a, you know, mono, monotheistic paradigm. You know, there's there's a single God. You know, when we think of Islam or, you know, uh, other other, you know, big religions. Right. I mean. Judaism, whatever the case may be, um, there's nobody that's thinking, you know, more like a Hindu where you've got multiple gods, right? But, but uh, uh, Yuval Hari or whatever, you know, talked about in these books, he said for the majority of our evolution as man, polytheism was really more the norm than it was a monotheistic god. And that's an interesting perspective because you wouldn't have that personalized nature necessarily. I mean, maybe you would, I don't know, because I've never obviously worshipped in a polytheistic type of system. But the fact that we have a monotheistic system, it kind of breeds these type of things that happen that there's one person up there orchestrating all this. But think about how different maybe our lives would be in the way that we thought about the world that happened around us if there was more of a polytheistic type of uh, uh, you know, system that we grew up in. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting that he made a point about, right, was when you have a polytheistic, uh, you know, worldview, you're more open knowing that there are different, there are multiple gods up there. When there's a monotheistic, you think that everyone ought to line up then under what that monotheistic God's paradigm of the world or values are. And so you become very missional and missionary in your approach to life because you think this is the ultimate truth. As in a polytheistic world, right, there's a lot more open interpretation and a lot more, I think, maybe willingness to be ambiguous because they realize there's no one set 
of, of truth. Now that may be a butchering a little bit of polytheism, right? But it's an interesting point because we've just never known any other system besides a monotheistic system. Well, yeah, and specifically and a personal God, right? As I say, specifically with like our story specifically, right? I mean, if you were raised in India, you would have had more of a polytheistic view, right? Because you most right. likely would have been a committed Hindu. You know, that's one thing that has brought part part of my evolution and uh, change in my belief system has stemmed from realizing, okay, humans have been on the earth for millions of years, most likely, and possibly even hundreds of millions, but let's just say million. And let's just say, okay, we know we have cave drawings that date back to 400,000. So at minimum... Humans have been on the earth 400,000 years. Christianity, you know, Jesus dates back about 2,000 years. And even Hinduism or uh, even Judaism goes back, you know, another whatever, few thousand right. years. Right. So what, what did everybody believe? What did society believe about God or gods or about anything out beyond what was known in the physical? What was their quote unquote religion? Uh, for 390,000 years. Like, like, uh, that's what made me finally get to the point where I was like, no, Christianity is not the one and only way. That literally doesn't make sense when you talk about a a history of a minimum of 400,000 years. Did did it take God 390,000? Some thousand years ago, oh shit, maybe I should like, you know, like share <laughs> the truth now. I mean, right, it, it right. just seems preposterous to, to be able to say Christianity is the one true religion above all other religions when it didn't even fucking exist 10,000 years ago. Well, and why does it say that? Because of because of one line, well, I shouldn't say one, but but very few lines in Scripture pointing out to the fact that it's it's you know there's a single way, and then and then the one that you would the one to me that it all hinges on, right? I think it's in Timothy, right, where it's you know God's word is basically ordained by God, every jot and tittle, and inspired by Him, right? It's like if you don't have that then all the rest of it could be open to mankind's interpretation. That doesn't mean that it's wrong. I'm not discounting the fact that it's wrong, but it may be looked at and taken a little bit differently then. But because it becomes a circular or a closed system, right, when you've got that one piece that people are going to go back to because they're going to say, well, but the reason that the Bible's true is because in Timothy, it tells me that the word was inspired by God, not man. Right. And that, that, that hinges on all of that. And what's funny about that even statement, like the hole I feel that's in that is a couple things. The first hole is one, when that was recorded, the quote unquote gospels didn't even exist. So really what the, the scriptures, you know, when Jesus talked about the scriptures, he wasn't talking about the fucking Bible we have today, the King James. Right, right. He was talking about the, like the first five books of the Bible. Right. So, right. so okay, fine. So it's inspired, but it's only the first five books would be considered inspired then if you want to get biblical about it. And the second right. hole that I find 
is that goes into the whole circular reasoning too. How do you know the Bible's inspired? Well, because the Bible does say it is inspired. Oh, well then how do you know? I mean, it, exactly. So words, and look at the Hebrew text, right? It was, it was already, it was always communicated orally. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even written down, passed on through, you know, as virtue and other things would have been how to survive in the world. It would have been passed on through more of an oral tradition, not even in a written version that we have today. Yeah. It's like, how do you, uh, so here's, what's true, uh, Lance, how do what well, Timmy, how do you know it's true? Because I'm telling you, it's the truth. Oh, right. Okay. It's been passed down <laughs> to us from generations to generations. And, right. Yeah. That, that's always, that, that's always been, um, an interesting one. So, so let me ask you this then, what do you, categorically, what do you feel like the functions, I mean, you and I still believe in a, in a value in this and, and obviously have many years of being in the church and, and in, uh, you know, in the system, what do you feel like categorically are the real values of religion? What I mean by that question is, I mean, one of them, obviously there's, there's at least probably two, right? There's, there's a, community piece of it i want to be a part of a community and then there's got to be something along the more divine you know there's there's this me worshiping or giving back to the highest of beings that's out there you know maybe in the worship part but that to me is more on the theology side i don't know is there other is there other values that i mean you you did this for 30 years that, that you found that religion provides that that other things like capitalism nationalism consumerism you know, the local VFW or those communities don't provide hope. I think, I think for me and what I've landed on even now in my, my journey now is, is hope and not, not hope like used to like not hope in heaven, not hope in seeing my loved ones who've gone on before, not hope like that, but, but hope in, in something greater and something like that there really is a reason like we're not just fucking here and then we die and there's and that that mm-hmm. was it and but even if even if you know god did like appear in the sky and said hey listen all you motherfuckers like i created you all <laughs> but i'm not involved I don't listen to any of your prayers. I'm not here for that. I literally just created you all and I've walked away. You figure it out. You give your own life meeting. You give your own life purpose. But hey, you know, I just wanted to like let you guys know that no, you know, you didn't just evolve from a little single thing and it was an accident. Like there was intention behind you, but the intention is for you to live life, you know, be fruitful, love people give share be kind don't don't be right. a greedy right. fucking selfish motherfucker like you right. know so so for me now they're the good parts of christianity it it does teach you know uh, about love and about forgiveness and about mercy and about you know kindness and mm-hmm. generosity like i revel and, the, and those are all trait those are all virtues that are good for mankind to continue to flourish. Whether you believe in God or not, I think those things right. are absolutely the purpose per, per se, the purpose of life. It's to, to right. exemplify, if that's the right word, those things. 
I mean, what, think about it. What, so, how beautiful would this world be? Can you imagine if we literally had peace on earth? There was no need for weapons outside of to maybe hunt for food or to whatever. But if you didn't have to have guns to protect yourselves, you didn't have to have nukes to, to say, no, we're right. the biggest motherfucker on the block. You know, we're the superpower. Can you imagine if we just all were honest and fair and right and helpful and kind? And I don't know why and how, I mean, this is a whole nother maybe podcast, but I'm fascinated by how, what I would say evil, I don't know what else to call it. You know, people that, that lie, cheat and steal and, and kill and, it's just like if, if there was a God, don't you think he'd just strike those fucking people down like instantly, you know, like like right, you commit right. murder and you fucking get a massive heart attack right at that moment and fucking die. Like if I was God, I would have fucking set that up for sure. Oh, you're going to rape a child. <laughs> Literally, your dick's going to fucking fall off before it happens. And, you know, I'm going to slit your wrists. And you're just going to bleed out. <laughs> I know that sounds so violent, but it's like, you know, <laughs> how do we have sex, sex trafficking and, and children being stolen from families and then sold into slavery? Wait, there, there's a God that gives a shit about us as individuals, like specifically. Wow, I really struggle with that <laughs> because I yeah. am not a good dude per se. And if I was all powerful and all knowing, oh, every child molester would fucking die today, like right now. Sure. It would happen. So well, I don't know if I got off course there, but it's like, you know, when I, the, the functionality, <laughs> I guess the functionality is if people not only believe it, but act like it, you know, that 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 there is a greater purpose and, and it is greater to love than to hate. It's greater to, to be generous than stingy right. or greedy. And it's so, and again, and then you, you and I probably taught that as pastors. I mean, I know I did. I never heard you preach, but I, I taught that all the time. It's about living. It's about living our lives in such a way that brings honor to God. Right. You know, right. live, live right. in a way that's honoring to God. I mean, that's what my name means, Lance, Tim, Timothy or Tim, means to, to, oh, okay. to honor yeah. God. That's what my name means. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. you know, and I feel like I yeah. honor God more now as a not Christian per se. I mean, I'm quasi Christian, I guess. Right. I, right. I honor God more today than I ever did when I was a hardcore Bible thumping, right wing, conservative, narrow minded, evangelical Christian. Right. There's a, there was a lot of words in there. Well, I do. <laughs> There was a lot of words in there. I, I, I think it's interesting too, just, you know, part of it, it's this, I heard this term called uh, dual inheritance theory. And it's basically this, this concept of, you know, as mankind, you're passed down two things, you're passed down genes from your biological side, and then you're passed down, you know, uh, I don't know what you would call this, you know, more things that, that are on the cognitive side, you know, more, these are the things we value. You're an American. So, you you know, we value progress, you know, industrialism and, um, you know, things like this. So there's all kinds of there's different things that are passed down to us. Right. Well, those things even become a bigger deal when the names that were named are even 
you know, marinated in, in this theology, right? I mean, everybody can trace their name back to something of, of some sort of theological value, usually, or it's a name after the Bible or something like that. So you have this larger impression upon even society itself, because much of the way that we function around here has been steeped in there is this God and and we as a whole kind of believe in this system a little bit. Does oh that my gosh. Uh, yes. And, and it kind of, it almost makes you feel like growing up in that, that that even gives it more weight of, of credibility. Right. Well, yes. And, and, and I think this is to your point. I mean, when I think about the Catholic church, I think, which is where even our faith came from. I mean, really, if you kind of rewind it back, it goes back to the Catholic church. Right. Sure. I think, I mean, didn't Christianity, like initially when it spawned off from uh, Judaism, it, it went down mm-hmm. that road of like Catholicism or Catholic, right. the Catholic church. And then from right. the Catholic church, I think Martin, Martin right. Luther, yeah, Luther who, yeah, Martin. which is probably right. kind of where we come from right. anyway, in a sense of belief system. But, you know, it, about, it was about control and it was about, you know, we, we can read the scriptures. You can't. And so we'll tell you what it's saying and so I don't know if there was any kind of evil intent, but I mean, if you want to go with just human nature and, and when you see when people are in power, um, there seems to be not just evil intent, but at least some corruption. I'm going to, I need to protect the narrative here. I need to protect, I need to yeah. protect this particular story because I've built this whole system on this story being true. So, you know, right. And, and that, and usually that's around some sort of behavior, right? It's like, it's, you know, they, they don't want abortion or they, they don't, they, you know, they think homosexuality is wrong. So therefore you ought to not be married. I mean, when you were saying that I was thinking of like politicians and how, you know, when you're fate, I guess I, I'm still stuck on this idea that fate, and I, I, I'll be honest, I don't necessarily want to believe this, but I think there's probably some validity to it, knowing how the world is set up today. Of course, I'm way into it from an evolution of man perspective, obviously, but there does seem to be some sort of functional value of it that it was there to manage behavior or when you got big, large groups of people together you needed some sort of value system that was outside of the group itself to enforce certain types of behavior. Right. And when you look at the way we go to church today, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's couched in, uh, it was funny when prepared for this, I heard another term, it was called functional opacity. And I was like, well, that's a fancy term, but it basically just means this idea that functionally you as a person in the system don't necessarily, you might think that you're doing it to your allegiance to God, but in reality, the real value that it's been impressed on you was really to more modify your behavior so that people could live yes. together. And you and I brought this up before, right? That it's like once society's built out more of an infrastructure when it comes to laws and, and agreements and, and things where they're more of a mature, complex system, they don't need, you know, we don't appeal to God, to my neighbor, because he's trying to build something on my property line anymore. We go to the courts and handle right. that. So therefore, it, God's not needed in that particular situation anymore. But now it's more of a shared value system that we have a, is in, in a society. And it may be completely removed from God. But I think there's something to the effect that you know religion was put in place to 
modify behavior because even today, much of our preaching is about a change in behavior that they're looking for. There's always the third part of the sermon, and that's on how do you apply this to your life yes. every day. Yes, I do believe that there was some uh, motivator of, of you know, controlling behavior or interactions, right? I mean, if, if you and I have a deal and, and, you know, and I don't have, I can't call my lawyer. Uh, so when we shake hands, we're, we're shaking on your word, my word, and that God fucking saw this little deal that we're doing here. So, you know, don't, don't try to wrong me because you'll, you'll get the wrath of God. Whereas now I'll fucking sue your ass. So, you know, so, so <laughs> right, it's, it's right. We don't even think about the church. No. In that. We just think I'm going to the courthouse. Right. The exactly. Church. You know, and I think also back to something you said earlier is about what's the functionality of it or, or what is it about religion? Yeah. I, I, there's something in us. At least I know that it's in me. We want to know, even when we know deep in our minds or deep in our hearts we can't know like you can't it, is there a heaven right we all want to we want to feel like yes there is and it's a place of joy it's a place of happiness it's a place of where the lion and the lamb lay together and it's where my family has all gone on before and it's a, like we want right. to think that of course because we think we're good and deserve heaven and then there's another part of us that you know i mean Think about it. If I said, do you think Hitler's in heaven or hell? I mean, that makes everybody listening. That makes you, me, everybody, all of us uncomfortable to say anything other than, well, yeah, right. probably Hitler's in hell. You know, but right. maybe maybe he's not. Maybe he's neither. Maybe he's nowhere. Maybe Who the fuck knows? That's just it. Right. No one right. knows. But there's something about religion and and and. This was for me back then. I don't feel this way now, but people that I interact with, because I still have family members that are very, very religious. And it's, it's like they can't even admit they have to know heaven is a fact. Even when I say, well, facts are provable. So you, you can't say a fact. Right. It's, not, it's not provable. But you can say you believe heaven exists. Well, no, right? The, sure. you know, the Bible says, right? It's like it's like they they it's like they have to have some kind of place to to anchor into, even when you're anchoring into something that isn't anchored to anything. It's like it's I don't even know what I'm mm -hmm. trying to say. It's just like. Well, why do you think that's so important for for man? I mean, let's be honest. It's like what if what if scripture just said what if it wasn't about the afterlife and again that comes back to the whole you know behavioral yeah. thing you do good you get into the heaven if you do bad you get in you know again i realize that's not the christianity's theology because it's you know not based on right, works right. but your faith but but what do you what do you think let's just say that it 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 there it, it didn't teach a heaven and a hell you know, what, what would be the value then? Would that change the way that we thought about life here? Would that, would that make us better people? Because, you know, we didn't see this as the, the, the run up to the, you know, to the, to the big game, which is in the afterlife, yeah. you know, it was like, it, it, it's like you're, you get, you get 80 to a hundred years to, 
do something here on this earth and there is nothing afterwards. You know, like, I wonder how that, how does that change our behavior as Christians um, in, in all religions? You know, if you take away just that one component of it, what are your thoughts? Yeah. About that? Oh, Lance, that's such a, such a, an interesting thought. I, I think, okay. I can answer from my own personal perspective because I really don't believe necessarily in heaven or hell. And if mm-hmm. I do, I don't believe that it's based upon, you know, whether I accept Jesus or not is my ticket either way. I don't believe that. But for me, a person that really doesn't necessarily believe in heaven or hell per se, I would say I attempt to live what I would, and I don't like the good and bad scenario, but I try to live a good life because that's what the fuck you should do. (laughs) Like, I should treat my fellow man with honesty and integrity and character and, and not that I always do it. I mean, listen, I'm, I've done shitty things and I've hurt people. I mean, so I'm, when I say this, it's what I'm aspiring to, not that I've achieved it with any kind of 100% certainty or Mm -hmm. any, you know, with hundred percent doing it right. But anyway, I, you know, it's just, it's right to do right by my human, by my humanity through, you know, it's like I'm going to treat the earth kindly. I'm going to treat you kindly. I'm going to treat every female that I encounter kindly. I mean, I went out on a date the other day and this uh, girl said that, you know, she didn't want to be intimate and, until we, you know, felt like maybe it was a possibility of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. then the night went on and I think she had enough to drink that she like changed her mind and she wanted she felt like you were in a relationship. <laughs> it went from first date to now we're in a relationship. And, and I actually told her, I said, hey, listen, I, I said, I just, I just want to honor what you said before mm-hmm. drinks. And I said, you know, before, before we start drinking and, you know, and, and kissing here, like you said that. And so I said, I'm, I want to stick with that. Uh, you know, I said, so I, we're not going to sleep together tonight. I said, because I, I, I don't, because if this doesn't work out, I still want to be friends. Uh, or at least have the yeah. ability to be friends. Yeah. And of course she was so shocked and unfortunately, or fortunately, unfortunately, you know, it worked, you know, it made her like me even more. <laughs> you know, it's like, she sure. really like, Oh my God, <laughs> right. I've never met a guy like this that, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's trust right. me, honey. I'm not like all that. I just getting, I'm getting to a place in my life where <laughs> I don't want what I want at the expense of anyone else. And I want, I want to share what we want. You know, if had she at the beginning of the date said, Hey, I want to have sex. I'm just wanting to have fun. Oh, we for sure would have had sex then. Like I definitely would have been totally down for that. But because she wasn't, I wanted to honor that. And Lance, you know, just to be honest with you, I've lived a lot of my life where I just wanted what I wanted. I really didn't. I mean, I did, I did give a fuck about other people, but Sometimes I didn't, depending on how bad I wanted it, you know, depending on it's, it. Yeah. It's really interesting. You see that that's an interesting concept because, and I'm, I'm not, this is not fully baked, so I'm not sure how it'll it come out, but, but it's, it's like you were honoring the rules that you and her set up very quickly for that small exchange that you had. And in order, and you felt like you needed to abide by those rules or those values that you and her set up. Again, I realize you weren't like, let's talk about our values sure. for this date. 
But you picked up very quickly a value of hers, and that was you knew that that was important to her, that she wanted to be in a relationship before she was yeah. physical. And so you picked that up, and so therefore that then became kind of in some ways your religion, quote-unquote, sure. between you and her. And so you were willing to honor that to maintain a long-term flourishing friendship or whatever the case may be. Had you have violated that early, that, you know what I'm saying? So I guess it comes back to how is that any, you know, is, is that is is that the way it works with anywhere? You know, if you're at work, there's certain rules and conditions that you're expected to abide by if you want to continue employment. If, you know, if I want to be a good neighbor, I know that there's certain things that I need to abide by to, you know, not uh, offend my neighbor. So in the end, it feels like all of these things are, you know, to better mankind and to keep us down the path of evolving and maturing and becoming better people. And I'm wondering if there is, in fact, the thing that God cares most about, you know, and 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 so therefore it's not so much a I, I guess in my mind, there's always this dualistic type of tension between are we doing it because it's 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 God and he is God. And therefore you are whether you want to or not, it's like a child needs to obey his parent. You don't get a choice in obeying your parent. They you know that that's just a non-negotiable as opposed to, you know, really wanting to fall in line with God and the way that he set up this system so that therefore, you know, mankind can continue on. I mean, look at the, look at the uh, Israelites, right. And in Leviticus, I mean, you got the entire book set up full of, in Deuteronomy set up full of, you know, rules and laws that are very detailed out, not because so you could be in a relationship with God, but more so that they could function as a nation because there was, uh, it wasn't a small group anymore. And so it seems like that, you know, and it, it back to what I said earlier, with all of these isms, whether it's consumerism, nationalism, capitalism, anything, there are sets of rules that, that are, some are spoken and some are unspoken, but you're kind of, uh, you're, you're kind of expected to live within those. Because you want that ism to continue to evolve and grow. Yes, I think religion has offered a structure, and here here's what I my, what I mean. So some people can be self employed; they're self motivators. They can work out at the gym without a coach or without a partner, um, but but some people cannot. If you don't tell someone what to do. Some people, if you don't tell them what to do, mm. they won't know what to do. It's, it's like, Interesting. And, and people, okay. like, for example, I was hired at a church down in Texas and I, this, I have flourished in this environment because the pastor basically gave me the keys to a 7,000 square foot uh, former Piggly Wiggly that was given to me for the youth group room and gave me the keys and said, teach Jesus and don't let any of the kids die. Like, I mean, it was such a, he just gave me this huge right. broad thing and just basically said, go for it. And every so often he'd, you know, help me steer and stay on track throughout it, but he was very hands off. Sure. Sure. Well, that, that worked yeah. for me. And, and yeah, it was more management by absolutely. objective. Here you got two objectives and then you got all the freedom. Absolutely. And I flourished. Now the guy, yeah. when I left, yeah. so I grew it. I say I, I mean, it was a team. It wasn't just me, but under my leadership, it went from 80 kids to 500 uh, high school. Yeah. Wow. It, so we filled up that 7,000 square foot facility quickly. 
and we're packing it out with 500 kids per Wednesday night. It was crazy. So when I resigned and came up here to Kansas City to start the church that I used to pastor, um, when I left, they brought in a very, very structured, oriented, mm-hmm. because, because mm-hmm. I was a little messy. I was a little crazy. So the pastor, you know, the sure. pastor had to kind of keep me in line. So, you know, what, what you do, right? When you get a divorce, you usually marry the opposite of what you had before. Not always, but sometimes, right? So, right. you know, they right. hired the opposite of me, a wild, crazy, can't hardly control this kid, but he's doing a bunch of shit. And there's a lot of fucking people here uh-huh. to structure, you know, all this stuff. He needed everything outlined for him and like very tight parameters. The group went from 500 down to like 150 with, with, within wow. a year. Like it just cratered. Right. And so I think going back to, to religion and the, what's mm-hmm. necessary, I think, you know, early on in the beginning of humanity, people, some needed structure and needed, you tell me what to believe. You tell me what I need to do to get right. to heaven. You tell me what I need to do to not get struck by lightning and to have this God kill my children. You know, I mean, because that's really because, I mean, at least the, the sect of religion that I was a part of. I mean, you did li- live in some kind of fear a lot of the times because any time because we're all human and make mistakes and we would make some mistake or a, we'd commit a sin. And there was this instant feeling of of fear of, oh, shit, I better repent of this so that my children aren't right. vulnerable to a, an angry God at my sin or that I'm leaving space for the devil to come in. That's so fucking toxic and harmful and, and not correct. Um, but I think that was part, part of what was going on is there was this structure to keep people in line. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, it, it totally does. And, and, um, I, I think you're, you're spot on. I mean, when you were describing that, I was thinking, you know, I'm a lot like that when it, I'm a very binary person, you know, I'm either in or I'm out type of thing. And so, you know, for me, it's, I'm not at a place in my diet that I can afford myself, my own system, because when I do, I'll, I'll nudge and, and cheat, you know, and, and I'll cheat a little too much because, but it's much easier for me to be on a diet that's been prescribed for me or a system, you know, some book right. or something that I've read that allows there to be some fences on either side that, you know, I'm not off on the rumble strips, the strips, you know, about to go in the ditch every, you know, every, every 30 yeah. minutes. And so it just allows, and I think the same thing when it comes to your, I think you're right. I think it's when you look at the nature of mankind, we're, we can get sideways pretty quickly from our own just carnal desires and things. And I think religion sets the the compass settings pretty clearly now i mean they're not you know in, incredibly granular and 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 not always prescriptive um but but they certainly are descriptive enough that they they do keep us you know kind of going a little bit i i think I, i'm interested to know i'm interested in your perspective on this though one of the things that i i heard somewhere and i thought it was in a different um context but i think that it applies here and it's and it's this idea of signaling, you know, and then people to, to kind of understand the idea of signaling is, 
is, you know, the peacock, right? That he, you know, when he signals to the female, you know, he pl- makes this big plume, you know, of his feathers. And it, it just shows from, you know, their perspective, you ought to mate with me because, you know, look how healthy I am because of my, my plume, right? And so when you take the idea of signaling and you put it inside the construct of, of religion, it, it, it kind of, it's an interesting dynamic, I think, to kind of tease out a little bit here. And that is because once you have people that are in these systems, we almost give more, we look for people that signal to us that they're really bought into it. And, you know, you, I think off the air, you, you'd mentioned that, you know, and you've said this on the podcast before, there's so many people in the church today that live worse off than, than other people who don't go to church. Yeah. I mean, I've always was always perplexed or I don't know, perplexed, but interested in some of my friends who never went to church and didn't have a desire to go to church, but yet they lived by a code that was on par with what scripture taught, or they even lived better sometimes than the Christians. And, and yet, you know, that was always confusing to me because I thought, what is it that they're living by that allows them to, you know, hold to the, to the moral code that they do so well, and they don't even go to church. But, but in a lot of ways, there's this, this idea of, of signaling and, and just, you know, how, how committed you are and being a part of this tribe that you're in, um, well, anyway, I'll pause there. What, what are your thoughts on, on signaling and, and how it comes into play um, in, this, in this whole you know, conversation of the value of religion? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot there because we uh, can assume, not everybody assumes this, but we can assume, right? When someone says, I'm a Christian, you instantly would assume they're honest. Yes. You know, they're fair. Right. I can trust this person. Because they subscribe to the same yep. code I do, um, but you know, I've, I've always met those people that they're like, I don't like to do business with Christians, and I'm like, really? Why? Oh, they're the most difficult, and they don't tip, and the, you know, and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, like this person's signaling, uh, you know, as as a Christian, yep. but they're but they're yeah. not, you know, in 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 lifestyle, right. you know, right. it's like I'm a, I'm a Christian. Right. And then you find out, wait, like you, <laughs> that doesn't make sense, <laughs> you know? Right. Is that, I mean, right. Is that, you know what I'm saying? So I think you can signal yeah. it to, yeah. to cast like, hey, trust me, I got the fish symbol on my business card. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's signaling. Whereas now, yes. I think, I mean, again, this is just my perspective. I don't know what everybody else thinks. But, you know, now if I see a fish symbol on something, I'm like, what a crack nut. Like, <laughs> I, like I instantly just think, what an old fashioned weirdo. <laughs> well, is there, so if you go back to the, if you go back to the, you know, the peacock signaling, right, of, from an evolutionary perspective, and, and the fact that, you know, if you're a female, you would want to mate with, and that, that happens across the board when it comes to the animal right. kingdom, right? I mean, we know that, that they signal and those types of things and, and you want to, you know, maybe is, is there, is there a, if we're, if we're holding to the, the thought that part of the religion is to keep the system going and, and is, you know, do you want to be or marry someone that signals to you, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, nationalism or, or Trumpism or anything you want those people that signal to you, I'm deeply dedicated to this. And, 
And some of those things are costly, right? I mean, you know, if you look in the Jewish tradition, it was circumcision. Um, and, And that was a signal that I'm committed to this religion and therefore you know, I'm getting circumcised. Right. Um, and there, there's many others there, We do fasting, right. As a, uh, um, you know, as a practice and, and certainly, you know, people like to eat their meals, but they're willing to have some sort of costly signaling that allows to tells others that I'm committed to this. And, and therefore I think it's in the end, it's those type of people that you want to be around more, or you definitely need because there's a lot of people out there that put the fish on the business card and then they don't act anything near like <laughs> it. And then obviously that gives a bad name. And then, and then if that happens too often, right, then your system's yeah. going to crumble. Well, I mean, it goes back to that, the ham in the small pan story. I mean, if, if, if I need to say, Hey, um, God wants you to, to cut off the foreskin because a, a sign of whatever, but the real reason is it cuts down on disease and odor and <laughs> so you know you right you it, right it's like there's another reason that really was the reason but through right that's the functional opacity yes, that I was describing yeah earlier. in other words that that right right they think it's this allegiance to God but in reality it was more of a a, a health reason functional than it was a spiritual yes. one and you know this makes my mind kind of think of i wonder what the original actual intention I, i've always been so fascinated i mean i know we've kind of been talking about this very topic but just kind of like rewinding it like people ask me like if you could go back in any time when would you go and they're thinking i'm going to say oh the 1920s the roaring 20s and I'm like, I would, I want to go back to like the year 10,000 BCE or whatever, like, I, or, yeah. or even further, like, I want to go way the fuck back because I would be so curious. What were they teaching then? What were the beliefs? Because I think things are malleable, right? It's, it's what they've evolved you know all beliefs even christianity has evolved and clearly i mean yeah i mean christianity has evolved i mean please remind me of where i was going back about ten thousand years when i tell you this little story i mean i'm old enough now that i remember in church the pastor teaching against interracial marriage and okay, wow. now this is going to blow you away because I was raised in church from from the child from a child. I also remember a sermon right. about Cain killing Abel, and Cain was marked. He was turned black. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Wow. So I remember, and if you look it up, I mean th- this. I mean, you can verify what I'm saying in the sense of right. that was a real right. teaching that the mark that God put sure. on Cain. Well, of course, we know that's not fucking true, but like that's right. what it that's what we teach, you know, are taught. You know, in other words, even Christianity has evolved from like yeah. out of, you know, of course, you can interracially marry. And of course, but in the Bible, it teaches about staying with your particular race. Right, so, right. you know, talk about the I mean, even Christianity evolving. But I think, you know, back to the original thought of 10,000 B.C. Um, is I just wonder what the original what the original 
Yeah. Like what was the original purpose or thought behind it? Or if it was more, they didn't know. And so they started like making shit up. Like that lightning that came out of the sky and did that, that must be God's angry with what I did yesterday. In other words, they start putting these thoughts and ideas out there and for whatever reason it started to resonate with other people because it it was giving them it was it was telling them yes it was was starting to explain certain things and if it sounded even remotely maybe possible because like you said science we didn't have science maybe like we do now then and so they couldn't deduct that no that is not what that is at all. You know, I can explain what that is just by explaining it to you. Whereas, you know, then I get, you know, they're just trying to figure it out and they started coming up with shit and, and it got written down or shared orally and then it got written down, but that doesn't mean that it was actually true. That's the part that's so in the Bible. People talk about the Bible's the truth. It's the word of God. It's all this. I'm like, Oh my gosh, guys, like, can we just be like literally put your Christian brainwashed brain aside for a second here. If you read (laughs) the Bible, it's clear. There's some nutty shit in there that like, if you're just honest with yourself, there's some shit in there. Slavery, you know, you got to stay with your own race. Women are inferior to men. I mean, come on. Like you can't Abram's Abraham's going to kill. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. (laughs) There's so many things that you can see, you know, the, the daughter that disguised herself and slept with her, her own father to continue the race. I mean, I mean, so many clearly wrong things in there. So don't you think it's possible that this isn't the undeniable, undisputable, actually words of like an actual God. I mean, it's just right. Which, which to me, I I, like, I think a lot of people would hear this and they would, they would not be pleased. Right. right? Because it feels like it's a discounting or or it's, it's binary for them. It's either you're either all in because this is the religion where you're all out. But my, my thing is, I would still say go with what you go with what your conscience wants you to believe in because it's the system that makes sense from that religious world. But it may be the same for someone that's a you know a, a Hindu or or a Jew or something like that in the Jewish you know it, it, Judaism. So it, it's it's I'm not saying that it's it's like well stop you know doing the things that you're doing. I think all those things are probably a signal you know it's your way of signaling to god that that whoever this god is that you are committed to him and you're searching for the truth and those types of things when you were talking about going back 10,000 years you know and, and all that i think what i think and maybe this is a way that we we land this this plane a little bit on and in topic but i think the thing that the takeaway for me is because there are some because things are because I buy into, or I was, you know, passed down to me a religion of Christianity that I, that I bought into it's, there's lots of others ones. Right. But in a sense, it would be interesting to go back and start to take away all the social aspects of Christianity that have been implied, put on there by the Puritans or, 
um, you know, the Catholic Church or whatever the case may be. I mean, the interpretations that we've had and think about all the the shame that that people have felt because of certain interpretations, you know, of scripture and, and those types of things. But when you go back and you look at all of it and you distill it down, what would you find that's that's true about us all? And no matter if you're stoic, you're Hindu, you're Jew, you're Christian, you know what I'm saying? Whatever the case may be, to me, that's the that would be the real value of it, because at that point, you're kind of losing all the social implications or constructs that people have laid on it. And you've kind of distilled it down to the real heart and gem of what maybe we should be searching for out there. Yes. In the and I think it's love. I, 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 I think in my first little ramble, I think what I was trying to get at with that 10,000 year thing was not just what the original intent was, but how and when did we get so specific you know, yeah. like, how did we take a God and a universe that is bigger and so unknowable, uh, unsearchable, un, just so vast, and literally drill it down to a book? <laughs> and then from that right. book, we drill it down even more into a person that you have right. to pray this prayer and all everything makes sense then that's the part i right. think that um has been uh, interesting to me so rather than drilling down to a specific outside of because i think to drill it down what does every religion have in, uh, in common what does most all humanity have in common love fairness kindness i mean like to me that that's right. where it boils down to so that's how i could no longer subscribe to such a specific right. thing that in my opinion could uh skip over not in a good way or you thorpe or squash love and kindness and all this right. stuff because if i accepted jesus that was the ticket to heaven didn't matter if i was good didn't matter like it's like, wait a right. minute. I think all this form and stuff was about behavior. <laughs> it's like, I think, right. like, I think back in the beginning, this was all about helping to curve behavior to more of a healthy way to live in society rather than at the end. Now it's like, no, it's not about works. Right. Just accept Jesus. And that's it. <laughs> Now, we would always say that right. accepting Jesus will lead to, you know, of course, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, that we ever taught yeah, just accept right. Jesus and do whatever the fuck you want. Right. But yeah. that's. Yeah, it'll it'll lead to behavioral yes, change. Yes, it, it will. Uh, yeah. And and yeah. sometimes it did. Sometimes it didn't. It, you know, sometimes it really didn't matter. Right. Right. Well, those, and, and those people that didn't, they weren't saved. Oh, see, that was proof. You know what? That's funny you say that, Lance, but that's so true. Because it's, if they really were saved, that is right, the way if they you really were saved, you wouldn't do yeah. that. So clearly you must not be saved. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and I struggled with that, right? Forever. I, I, you know, I was like, did I do it right? I'm still, there's still things that I struggled with, you know, this is me as a kid. And, and I, and I, you know, there was a lot of anxiety and, and shame put on myself because of just that thinking, 
maybe I'm not saved. Maybe I didn't do it right. You know, maybe I don't believe I me. Mean, it's, it, you know, belief isn't something you can just sit there and make yourself believe more. And, you, and I thought, you know, do I even believe enough? Which is, which is an interesting thing. I heard someone ask something is, is the type of God you believe in more important than the strength of your belief? Wow. And, and what I mean by that is like, you know, is this a, is the type of God, is it, it, is it about how strong your belief is or is it really more important to understand if you believe in more of a punitive or a benevolent right. God? And, you know, and that changes the way that you understand and live your life in a big way. If you think it's a punitive God, we talked about this at the top of the show, right? It's like, you're, you're going to live differently because you don't want uh, you to be dropped into the pits of hell, you know, uh, right. at any moment. But, but I, it, 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 you know, just the idea of, me trying to grow my faith uh, and and build you know build this this thing within me that I don't really necessarily have any control over. I mean, you can't. It's like love, right? In a relationship, you 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 fall in love deeper and deeper as time goes on. You can't sit there and will yourself into a love, in more right. love, or you know, or a deeper affection for someone. It, it takes time and, and those types of things, but. Anyway, I, I always thought that was I, that question always has been interesting to me because I do think the type of God that you believe in is is very important in the way that you see. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, think about it. If you if you owned a store and you needed to hire a manager, someone that you could trust, so you have two candidates. One um, mm-hmm. says they're a Christian, like you know, goes to church all the right. time, yada yada yada. The other person. Uh, doesn't believe in God. Okay. But here's the part you don't know. Okay. The Christian lies, cheats, and steals. He's right. He's mm-hmm. signaling. I'm a Christian, but you know, he does go to church. Right. I mean, he, he considers himself a Christian. Right. And then the other right. person is atheist, but lives by all the moral codes that quote right. the Christian. Right. I, you think is right. So you were saying, well, I guess I'm, you know, if I'm say I'm saved and I don't live like it, then am I really saved? Well, then my question to you would be, A, who would you want to hire between those two people? Secondly, my question to you would be, well, then if the person that is an atheist but lives like a Christian, then they are then saved. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> I mean, you're right. It, it, and, and you know what you and I both know what the right. Christian would say, right? It's like, well, it's not about works. It's about <laughs> you can't earn you know, your way to heaven. And that's, it's just like, <laughs> right. You, I mean, it's just a chess match, you know, and it's like anything that you say practically like that, there's going to be a counter to that. And, um, and the system and the system works because in, you know, because it, it's, it's got a counter to every, uh, you know, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Every little angle that you might take that, that, you know, breeds a little bit of ambiguity or uncertainty. They've certainly, we don't like living in that. And so we've come up with a way to concoct or do some gymnastics with our theology to, to turn those things off. The only one that we've not done probably good job on around right. that is evil <laughs> because there's just no way around right. it at the end of the day. But I mean, yeah, you're right. The signaling, um, is 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 important because if the person they can say they're atheist but in in a lot of ways as a christian that you could argue if this was a court case and you and i were arguing from scripture which one of those was really a christian you and i wouldn't have to stretch ourselves very far to say that the, the atheist is and, and not the one who describes uh, ascribes himself right. to being a christian yes so 
So what do you, so what do we do with this? What do, what do you, so we, we've had a good conversation about it and you and I bat these ideas sure. around a lot and, and you keep coming back to, and I know you said this a lot and you, you're consistent and you've said it before. You said, you know, it comes back to love. It is, am I to go a step further when you say love, do you feel like the, the reason or the effects of that then is something deeper and more long-term, or do you feel like it's just, it is what it is in the moment that you're having an interaction with that person, or do you feel like it, all these things, kindness, generosity, um, love, all these things are there and put in place so that mankind continues to flourish because we're, you're going to flourish as humans, as opposed to doing evil things to mankind, you're, you're going to, you know, that's going to destroy the camp, not, not continue. It's, yeah. uh, it's growth. Yeah, I'm much more given to uh, life than I am to death. Meaning I, I think that walking in love and forgiveness and kindness and grace and all that stuff leads to life. And I mean that like in your physical body, I mean, that's proven. We know that through science that, you know, good thoughts and right. good vibes, you know, it's good for your heart. It's good for everything. And, you know, malice and hatred and evil and those kind of things um, are poisonous to your system. You know, gives you ulcers. And I mean, they've even said that cancer, cancer can kind of yeah. be linked to bitterness and, and anger. So, uh, you know, um, I, I think that's the value of, of, yeah. of it all. I, I, at the end of the day, what is the value of, of overall religion? And, you know, I, I don't think any one religion is better than any of them at, you know, at this stage of my life. I think they're all equally good and equally bad. And then the equally good part, I think, is where you find the heartbeat of this yeah. superior being or whatever, God. That's the heartbeat of it. I, I think we as humans made it specific. You know, you must believe this. And and I think it's yep. more fluid. And, you know, honestly, I had a dream last night, Lance. It was weird because I was thinking about this podcast today and thinking about just my beliefs. And it, it's just a dream. And I don't I'm not I don't I'm not a person that subscribes to that God speaks to people in dreams. Maybe he does. Maybe yeah. he doesn't. I don't know. But I just, I want to say that because I'm not saying this is something from God. It was my own mind constructed this weird dream last night, but I oddly enough remembered it. And normally when I wake up, mm. I'll have it in my mind. But then after breakfast and I go on with my day, I, I have literally no idea. Yeah. And I'm only bringing it up because while you were talking Earlier in the podcast, all of a sudden the dream flooded back into my mind. And while you kept talking, I wrote it down in my journal. And, okay. and I thought, huh, okay. that's it. I, I didn't plan on even bringing it up. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm interested so now. I dreamed that I died. And as soon as I died, I was in what seemed like a busy, happy, environment but like a train station and okay all i can tell you is like what my feeling was and what my feeling was is there were zero concerns or worry i didn't need i didn't need food i didn't need water i existed in other words you know it, it, mm -hmm. who knows if this mm -hmm. is true i have no idea you know if we truly are a spirit and we have a soul and we live in a body you know when you die right your body is dead because it needs food it needs water but 
you know, your spirit, if that actually exists, right. your consciousness doesn't need that. <laughs> it's right. food of the spirit, right. right? Food of all that friendship and love is what the food is for the, for the spirit, according to what, how I understand what all this is. So what I realized in the train station is, ah, oh, this is me. Like this is, this is the real me that was, that, that was oh, living inside right. that body that looked like what people think Timmy Gibson mm. looks like. And, yeah. and so here Very I am interesting. in this train station. And all I can tell you is what the vibe was. It was zero worry, complete, just utter peace. It was just happiness. Uh, everybody was loving and kind and helpful. And there was just nothing anything there was just nothing negative or what we'd say was was evil and no desire right. didn't you know i didn't need i wasn't thirsty i wasn't hungry or any of that but right. the train station vibe there was just this knowing of feeling i'm looking to where i'm going next and that's all i got that's and so i was hmm. like so when i woke up i was like whoa what the fuck like that was just that was just weird yeah. i was like man that's weird i wonder if after life is just like it. What if the journey of life is to become more self-aware and, and to become more, right. to be growing towards love and kind, like that's where we're headed. We're headed to love. We're headed to, so hopefully by the end of our lives, we've learned valuable lessons. We've become the best version of ourselves. We've right. really like to me, that's the trajectory of life. And I can do shit to fuck that up, or I can really be make a concerted effort that where are we going in life? I'm hoping and trying to go to a place of love. And so when I die, yeah. it's like, oh, like this is love. Like it's just, and I'm looking where to go next. I don't know if that was a reincarnation thing. I don't know what was in my mind when I went to bed last night and why. Mm -hmm. I dreamed that, but I, I find right. it just. But it wasn't like a place where you arrived. There seemed to be something even more. It was from a, that it place was a, saying. it was an in between before where, wherever I was going. Right. And, but there was no fear wow. of like, there's coming a judgment day or there, I've got to meet my maker. It was just a collective. Right. Yeah. I mean, I it was like, I was like, there was like 10,000 people at union station and we're all just looking for where, what train is going where, and and that that was right. it. That, that's all I had. That I don't have anything else in the dream. But that that was just profound because it did make me think. You know, what is what is the purpose of life? Which I've always said it's just to love, right? But I think it's to it's to grow right. up, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually, which I used to understand as to become more like, you know, Jesus or more like the Bible or, you know, to read more. If I was praying right. every day and I was doing this and I was doing this and I was tithing, I'm going up the ladder of becoming more spiritual now. Like, no, that there and again is humans trying to get specific on, okay, here is how you grow spiritually. One hour of prayer, one hour of Bible study, two hours right. of men's group, right. three hours of church tithe, this, this, and this. Boom. You did it. You can check it off your list. I, I, <laughs> yep. And, you know, yep. for some people, th they like that. They're like, okay, God, now I got the list. I can wake up. I can do this, 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 and this. And then I can say I'm a right. good person.
Right. Well, and, and checking off the list and doing all those things makes yourself feel like you're a part of this group that you're within that there's other people that are doing it, you know, and you're all on this journey together and, and it's leading somewhere. And these, you know, these things that you're willing to do, whether they're costly or not, are, are getting you to, to a destination. And I don't, I think you're, I, I, I'm interested. I'm going to think more on what you said there because, you know, I think Eckhart Tolle said, you know, something to the effect of, you know, when it's all said and done and you still, and it all down and, you know, you lose all the, the chatter in your mind and, and the desire, the need for food and the desire for, you know, material things and all that. So that's really who you are in the end. And then what you described at the train station is, is somewhat like that. It seemed like all those carnal desires were gone. You seemed to be very happy with who you were as a person. And, and yet there was some suspense, right? That it's like, you also felt like you weren't at your destination. There was, it was maybe a, a an interim point that, you know, you were going to get on some train and go somewhere else to, to something different, but, but that's a, it's an interesting goal. And in many ways, right. It's like, maybe that's what the Christian would call sanctification, yeah. you know, is this growing process of becoming more holy like that and holy and dedicated to God might be more something along the lines of just, you know, not, not so caught up in all the things that the world yeah. puts on you. And, and anyway, I don't know, but yeah, man. great topic. And one that, I mean, I'm sure you and I'll probably discuss on this podcast many times because, you know, we certainly haven't arrived. I don't think either one of us, I think both of us feel like we're infants <laughs> in this journey, but, but two guys trying to figure it out at least yeah. a little bit on the way. Well, absolutely. I, I thought it was a great, a great topic. And, um, I will. I'd like to. I'm going to end with your answer here because I, I I feel like I've talked a little bit more than you. When you think of the value, and not just because you you talked about what you thought maybe the original intention was of religion is to keep people structured, but for you personally, what's the value in faith or religion? Like for you specifically, how how does it value you right. now? And then we can end with that. Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've, I'll answer this way. I, I've been in this tension in my own mind because with COVID, you know, it was much easier just to kind of not go to church and, and, you know, it's like, and because, you know, we couldn't. Right. And so, but, you know, up to that point, I was still, you know, actively going and, and, but I, I went back and really kind of evaluated over the last year, you know, it's like, when do I want to go back and, and the answer is yes. And that might surprise you because, you know, it's, it's not so much about the theology, but it is as well. And that's the weird tension that I'm in. I still think that there is a, there's something that I can still sense within my spirit that being inside that group or community um, allows me to attain that. I'm not, I'm not looking for the deep doctoral, you know, thesis um, I'm not looking for, you know, some sort of systematic. Yeah, you're not looking for them or, to tell you whether heaven or exists the, or not. And you can walk out and go, oh, no. OK, right, right. But I'm looking for to be a part. I, I want to be a part of a group that that it's like I still go on a weekly basis and I can re kind of calibrate or tether my spirit back to the things that I think are important. And it allows me to escape from the day to day 
craziness that goes on, you know, six days, seven days a week, you know, 23 hours. And there's that one hour that I can go and kind of just recenter myself. And that to me is, is the value and, and where that goes, I don't know, but that's the journey that I'm on. And, and I don't know necessarily what the states are, the state of me and what I'm, you know, like you kind of described how you felt like in that dream. I don't know what that looks like to me, but I definitely feel like I'm, I'm not necessarily obligated to feel these things anymore, but it's more I've given, given the liberty to pursue a faith that's real to me and means something to me on a day-to-day basis, not necessarily because I'm going to be rewarded or punished wow, for it at the end of the that's day. That's good, Lance. I, I, I'm glad I asked you that because I uh, can agree in this sense, that, and this would probably shock you too, if I didn't teach a spiritual gathering every Sunday, I would go to church somewhere. Now, and because like you, I wouldn't and don't the times that I have not taught on a Sunday morning and I'm going somewhere to church, I'm not going for them to, I'm not going to learn the truth. (laughs) I'm not going to, to have them, you know, I'm not looking for them to teach me something scripturally or doctrinally or theologically. Right. Um, Right. But I also go and I enjoy it. Like I can go and enjoy the worship. It's like it's 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 the weirdest thing because I've been to church since my evolution and I really enjoyed it. But oddly, I didn't Mm -hmm. believe in half of it or more. (laughs) You know, right. I I, I did find my. Well, you, you probably saw it more. You probably saw it more as a spiritual teaching as opposed to some sort of theological doctrine that you really need to internalize or 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 you weren't in the system right. anymore. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I guess I go still hoping that and if it's a good if it's a good message, it it I will come away with some sort of direction. Now it may be couched in the theology of scripture, and that's fine. I'm not really looking for that as much to learn more about the Bible as much as I am I'm looking for direction that that week right. in my journey. Exactly. Does that make sense? And, and, and clearly some sermons uh, would be much more palatable for me. You know, if they're teaching right. about love and this and that and the other, you know, I can take a few things in there that I'm like, okay, well, that I don't believe that. But, but the overall idea of right. this is I'm, I resonate with that. But, you know, when they at the end say, well, you must accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm like, oh, brother, okay, you guys... You did so good on talking about love right. and forgiveness and <laughs> all the other stuff. And then now, and now you just had to <laughs> drill it down and make it very, very, very specific. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but no, no, I think that's cool. I, I, I too uh, find lots of uh, joy in, and maybe it's because you know, we're raised that way. It's, it's, you know, it's all I've ever known. It right. literally, I, I don't. I, know, I, right. I do find it fascinating, and I have a few friends that have done this. Matter of fact, one is a podcaster, and he's got. Matter of fact, holy shit, dude! One of my friends, uh, former ex family member, um, in law, has a pod, has a yeah, oh, yeah the, he's got the a DJ podcast of like a half the a million DJ. people. I need to. Wow. I'm going to send him this particular episode. His yeah. name's Seth Andrews. I'm going to. I'm calling you out, Seth. I'm sending you this because he he <laughs> went from Christian to atheist, and and we can get him on here. And he's okay. he's probably 
and, 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 and hopefully he will listen to this. And, and so my one challenge with, with atheism, is, and I want to have him on our podcast. I think this would be great. And then we'll, we'll end with this. We'll, we'll stop here. But I want to have him. Oh, I got good. one more okay. question for totally you. Cool. We, so I want to have him on the podcast because going from, you know, religious person or evangelical Christian to, to atheism, you know, I, you know, he can, I would love to talk to him or have a conversation with him to debate him even just because there is no proof. You know, he can't prove that there is no God, right? And I can't prove that there is and right. who's right. Well, right. I personally don't care that he's an atheist. And I don't think that, I think he's one of the, what I would call the better atheists. I don't think he's a, I hate religion. I'm trying to destroy religion or destroy right. belief in God. You know, sometimes atheists can be like that because they believe that it's harmful to believe in something that, you know, isn't true. But the reality is you don't know it's not true, motherfucker. Like, I'm okay with you being an atheist. I'm not going to try to convince you there is a God because that's ridiculous. Um, Just as it's ridiculous for you to try to, you know, do the the, the opposite. So, but I'm okay with atheism. I have a friend that's an atheist. And, and, you know, and he's okay with me being spiritual uh, because neither one of us have any kind of an agenda. But anyway, I would, I'm curious how he went from, you know, believing in God to literally mm-hmm. believing in no God. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm going to have, I'm going to have him on the show. And if there's any residual of kind of what you and I feel and that he still feels like he's on some sort of spiritual journey, even though he wouldn't tie the spirit to, to some sort of, you know, deity or divine yeah. Uh, yeah. entity. Um, sure. Let me ask you this real quick before, because we, you and I both talked about the fact of, of, you know, going to church and getting direction. Where do you, do you feel like there's any difference between scripture and listening to a good Ted talk or a podcast that gives, gives someone direction or inspiration to, <laughs> to continue, you know, in their, yeah, in man, their, you get good journey. questions. Uh, my, my dear friend, uh, that's, that's just a, that's a good, <laughs> that's a really, really good question. Because my Christian <laughs> part of my brain said, "Well, absolutely, <laughs> right? There's surely there's well, a sure. difference, right? <laughs> well, right. But but the the the, right. the Timmy now is like not really, you know, not not really. I think right. that I can watch a TED talk and it can be just as valuable and life changing and impactful as a talk from the Bible. I mean, case in point, going back to." I don't care what you believe. What I care about is how you live, right? I don't care that you believe in mm-hmm. Jesus, but then you lie to me. I would rather you not believe in Jesus and, and believe in telling the fucking truth. You know, so, so sure, right. for me, it goes to that. If something's good, it's good. It doesn't have to be the Bible to be good or powerful or enlightening right. or right life transforming that, you know, I had a friend say, it's only through Jesus that you can break free from addiction. It's only the power of Jesus. And I told him, cause he said this in a group setting and I, I pulled him aside and I said, Hey, we're friends. Right. And he said, yeah. I said, so friends are honest with each other. Right. And he said, right. <laughs> so I was trapping him. I'm like, okay, so do you think <laughs> it's possible? I said, because I know people that Buddha, transformed their lives and freed them from addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people that through many different ways have been freed from addiction. So right. 
you know, what you said and what I'm saying can't be true. Like if you, what you're saying is true, then what I'm saying, it can't be true. Right. And, and if what I'm saying is if it was as exclusive, then no, Jesus doesn't set you free. It's Buddha that set you free. You can't be free any other way except through Buddha. I mean, of course, a Christian would hear that. Right. Well, in some ways, both of you were right. true, right? It was, you I mean, you're right. Jesus can set you free. It's not right. necessarily Jesus. It's, it's the fact that you're believing in something outside of yourself that gets you kind of back on it. And you'd be saying the same thing by saying, go to a program over here that cost you $5,000 and they'll do the same thing. But it's your belief. You, you're it, putting your yeah, belief. It's, I, it's the it's placebo. I, okay. It, right. Dude, this could take a little turn. It might be interesting. So the placebo effect, it's a real thing. We all know about it. What is, what is it? Just for sure. in case oh, there's yeah, anybody sure. that's like, what's the fucking placebo? So basically you've got a headache and this other person has a headache. I give you a little white pill and I give the other person a white pill. What neither one of you know is that one of those pills is just a sugar pill. The other one is an ibuprofen. So 15 minutes later, both of y'all's headaches are gone. So the placebo yep. worked and the ibuprofen worked. How the fuck do you explain that? Well, that person believed I'm taking the ibuprofen. Therefore, it's going to remove right, my headache. Right. Therefore, my headache goes away. So I think that right. religion and faith, that's why I do you know, consider myself a person of faith. It's that. I believe in the placebo effect. If I believe that life's going to be good to me, life's good to me. If I believe that people are going to be honest, then people, you know I mean? Now, it doesn't always work that way every time. Yep. But, I, you know, I, I believe that way. I've structured my life in believing in a better tomorrow. In a, you know what I mean? Like, I've, everything about my life is mm-hmm. structured around the placebo effect that, and, and, and in turn, I have a great life. I'm super happy. And it's not – and everybody can experience it. It's, it's a belief system. And so for me, what's – going back to the original thing that you said from the very beginning, the value of religion or value of faith or the value of whatever, spirituality, it's, it's that. It's the placebo effect. At the end of the day, maybe it's just a fucking sugar pill, and it's not real at all. <laughs> but right but because right. i believed it to be so that my belief or faith has made it possible you know the scriptures teach that with right. men it is impossible but with god it all things are possible to him that believes it's it's a belief it's a faith so gosh the value of that teaching you know whether I believe specifically that, you know, what the Bible teaches, which a lot of it I don't, but to believe in the concept rather than the specifics right. is what matters to me. That, that's right. where the value is. That's how right. I can. Right. Yeah, because the real, the real value for you is the behavioral yes. change. And if, if the TED Talk does that for you, then great. If, if reading, you know, John 4, 22 through 48 does that for you, then great. But, but in the end, it's not about whether or not 
it has to be through scripture or it has right. to be through Jesus. The real goal is the behavioral change and whatever gets you there is the more important. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I think right? it's, it goes to also, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> a, a little bit of a human nature thing, which is, okay, case in point, what I'm investing in, you should invest in. What makes me happy should make you happy. Uh, you right. know, like, I like right. being single, so you should like being single. I'm married, so you should like being. Right. There's always this this uncomfortable right. feeling that you know the singles wish they were married, the marriages wish they were single, and then there's always this. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I I've kind of lost my train of thought there, but I think that that it, it's important when it does actually affect your behavior, but just how I live and find meaning and purpose and value as long as at the end of the day, it's love. It doesn't matter if it's Jesus, Buddha, Hindu, or the Zeus, or uh, in my mind, like how, why does it matter if we end up at the same point? If we all end up in the, going back to my dream, we all end up in the train station, you know, and (laughs) that was another thing about the train station. It was all colors and all like, like it, it, everybody wasn't the same. Mm. Everybody was so fucking different. Like it was literally a very diverse melting mm. pot of a train station. And maybe there's some meeting there. I, I'm, I need to really think about this more. But I, 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 I think, again, this Christianity specifically made it so specific. I think, I think, it's, I right. think it's something bigger and broader and more grace filled. I mean, I do mm-hmm. really have this like something in me that thinks that if there is a heaven and when we can get there, and if it's possible to talk to this Supreme being, you know, there's just this part of me that makes me think he, he and Jesus will be sitting there laughing, going, you guys fucked this all up and made this so difficult. <laughs> and so like, golly, I mean, there was like 40, but, but will that surprise you though, after reading scripture, I mean, <laughs> That's all that happened, right? It never no. turned out well. It was always just a, <laughs> problem after problem. So that that probably is not yeah. too far off of what it would really be. I can, I mean, really I can just see like. him laughing, going, I never fucking said that. I never, I never and I you know, yeah, I really do believe that with 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 every like fiber of my being. I really that's how I can have such peace. And I find it odd that I'm as peaceful and as content because 20 years ago, if you would have told me that I would be where I am today, I oh. think I would have had a panic attack and died. Yeah. I mean, I literally, like, I'm not kidding. Yeah. I think oh, I absolutely. literally would have been, just been scared to death because I believe something so strongly and to have evolved away from that. Uh, there's only one way I can explain it because there was no influence Per se, like there wasn't a person or a book or I mean, I was I was you couldn't right. be more in the thick of where I was than to be an right. evangelical pastor teaching what I was teaching. And not only that, through the week, listening to every popular Bible teacher. I mean, there the sure. Uh, yeah, I, I just it's like. Uh, well, it comes it comes back to what I said earlier, right? I mean, if, if 
you only know a monotheistic system. So you immersed yourself in this because you believed that there was one truth out there and you were going to figure it out. Reading all the books that you had, you have grown up in a polytheistic system. You would have, you would have known you're never going to figure it out because it's much yeah. broader than you are. But just the fact that we grew up in that type of a world, it, it, it makes us very narrow minded because it, it starts with there's only one truth right. because there's only one God. Well, yeah. It, it, yeah so, gosh, anyway, this is such a good topic. I, I really, uh, we've been going, at least the timer on my thing says about 100. Riffing for yeah, an hour. Yeah, man, that's been minutes. great. But I think, you know, honestly, I think with, at the end of the day, so if I was to like cap this up, what's, what's important about this conversation is that to be able to have this conversation. <laughs> so like, I think yes. this was not allowed. You know, it was like, it was like, it was like the bumper right. uh, rails, you know, when you go bowling, which I've never used the bumper rails, but it's like, yep. you're not yep. allowed to go in the gutter. It's not allowed. What right. I find right. um, fueling for my soul is no, it is allowed. Uh, clearly it's like yeah. if if there is a god and all yeah. this stuff that we were created guys do you not if he wanted us to all be a certain way then wouldn't it just be easier to just fucking make us that way you know like just make it clear <laughs> hey like i'm god here's jesus we're in the clouds look at us you see us like take video we're here like if that's really what he wanted us to believe <laughs> It wouldn't be hidden in mystery and tradition and and in caves. Right, right. Which is why I've always said, which which, <laughs> which is why I've always said I, in some ways, think the pursuit is what really yeah. pleases him. Right. Sure. Or yeah, her. Right. It. Whatever. You know. But you know. I mean, because and and that and again, if you're on the Christian journey, I'm I'm yeah, stay sure. on it. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like. If that if if that's what you yeah I mean if those are the guardrails that you need to have put up then that's great if you feel like you won't get yourself off into the ditch and 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 lose your way on your journey by broadening out some then I think maybe you might be able to lose some of the prescriptive constructs like you've been saying that you know it's so specific and 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 it might help you color in some of the things that you believe oh now gosh. even more because you've understood it from a diverse yes, here's the thing. As you were saying that, I thought one thing to determine for those that are listening, if you are a Christian, especially a real devoted Christian, I would say this. How can you check yourself to find out, are you heading to a place of love? And I think it's a, some, a few things. One, are you becoming more judgmental or less judgmental? More, con more concerned mm -hmm. with good. others' behaviors or more concerned with your behavior. Mm, and so that's I very think good. when you think you're growing spiritually, but you're getting more judgmental and more concerned with others' behavior, mm. you're, you're, that's when you're now, mm -hmm. now you're off course. So and how I know that, right. so how I know, well I, said. how I think in my own mind, how I like look into my own life is that. Am I becoming more judgmental or less judgmental? Am I becoming more loving or less loving? Am I becoming more forgiving or less forgiving? Am I becoming more critical of others or more critical of myself or neither? Like, 
And so where I've got, right. where I'm at now in my life is I can tell a huge change in my judgment. I judged everybody. Oh, I was just, I was a judger. And now <laughs> I, I find that. Timmy, Timmy Gibson carried around oh, the gavel. I did. Pocket. I mean, I really did. I judged. Yeah. I just judged people. And now it's like, I will look at people and just, Oh, there they are. Like that, that's a person. Right. <laughs> or, or, if, and if you, if you, if you do feel like you're, being critical of them. I, I know you, you're much more willing to be like something got them to this place and you're yes. gracious to understand it as opposed to just, wow. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, pollution. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, you know, the, because you, you, and I think that that happens when people get older, right? Because we realize we skin our knees quite often in life and, and others have skinned their knees. It's easy to point the finger and, and, um, you yeah. know, and, and judge them in that way. But I love, I like ending it right where you did. I think the two questions that you said are spot on. And I, I think they're incredibly profound and, and questions that one ought to ask themselves, if not daily, weekly for sure, when they, you know, kind of do an inventory yeah. of their week and, and how things are. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like we've said, right, it's, it's, you, we, you all, we always want to be pursuing the journey and, and those are two ways to help you understand if you're kind of staying on the path or if you've yeah. gotten over into the ditch. Well, bro, it's great to talk to you on this beautiful snowy so. day. I'm sure you're, sta you're staying in like I'm staying <laughs> yes. in. Uh, I look forward to chatting with you oh, this week man. and then getting prepared for our next week's uh, podcast. Have a good day, brother. Is this, Is this Lance, Lance Strickland? Hello, hello. Lance, Lance. Uh, uh, says, says you're connected, connected but I don't, but I don't hear, hear you. you. All, All I, I hear, hear is myself. So I'm going to so call you back. Call you back. Is this the one and only Lance Strickland? Good morning, my friend. How are you, sir? <laughs> hey, I'm glad it worked, man. I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great. A little snow outside today. Doing a little podcast uh long distance i guess or yeah yeah you're not, you're not in studio today no we got uh you know didn't want to brave the roads down there and thought well, let's try this out so be interested to see how it goes yeah no i think it should go great I, matter of fact didn't wasn't this our first our first podcast together yeah you were exactly. just a guest i think we did it yeah. this way yeah 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 was, Thank God yeah. for Anchor. <laughs> Insert commercial right here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, today we're going to talk about religion, faith, spirituality, and the importance of any of those, or the the not so, or or how our our thoughts and views have evolved. Did I lose you again, bro? Oh, 